Unbillable Hour Community Table, where real lawyers from all around the country with real issues they are dealing with right now meet together virtually to present their questions to Christopher T. Anderson, lawyer and law firm management consultant. New questions every episode, and none of it scripted. The real conversations happen here. The first two segments are a discussion between Christopher and a new solo attorney on how to choose a focus area for the attorney's new practice. Hi, Christopher. It's my first time, long-time listener, first time uh, signing up uh, to attend this thing. Believe me, I have questions. I'm a new solo. I'm only six <laughs> months in, so uh, so I can uh, eight years of practice, but six months of being a, a new true solo. Well, fantastic. Uh, what's your what uh, what is your geographical area, and what do you what kind of practice? I am in Illinois. I run a, a virtual law firm, so I'm all about alternative fee arrangements. And so because of that, a lot of the you know, lessons and strategies that are out there just really don't apply to my business model. And I know I'm, I sort of have been doing that intentionally. And business is fine, and I'm profitable, but not income replacement profitable. And so I, I'd love to just get the whole room's feedback on you know, client development, marketing, things that have worked for them. So I haven't started outsourcing anything yet, though I plan to outsource some things eventually, virtual assistants, freelance lawyers and whatnot. But um, for now, I'm still a true solo. All right. Well, if you have some questions, it would be a great time to ask them. Otherwise, I've got some questions for you. Okay. Yeah, sure. And, and I guess to answer the practice theory thing, it's um, pretty broad scoped right now, general, true general practice. But I tend to be doing more business transactions and estate planning of all things. I have a very affordable, simple estate plan. So just sort of run-of-the-mill business transactions, helping people understand and negotiate contracts and small business owners, that type of thing. Okay. What did you do? You said you've only, you've been an attorney for six years doing this for, or was it five years, six years? Eight, eight years. Eight years, sorry. Yeah. But you've been doing this for six months. What were you doing immediately prior to this? Yeah, I had a hard pivot from insurance defense litigation into only transactional uh, work, but I, I've been building a small transactional practice that I wanted to grow, and it's just it's hard to grow a practice within a practice, and so that's sort of why I decided to to leave, and I enjoyed the transactional side of things more. So I was I was in court, well, Zoom court every day uh, up until I left to start my own firm. Excellent. Okay, so the question I would have then is why? Like, so you were in a very specific area, and I, I already know your answer, but I want everybody else to hear it. Um, why are you doing such a broad-based practice now? Because I'm going to see what kind of clients I end up getting, and eventually I will niche down. But as I start, I want to start as broad as possible to see where the needs are at the prices that I'm offering. Because I'm doing alternative fee arrangements, I'm doing a different business model. I'm char- and because I'm running a virtual law firm, my costs to operate the business for the first year are under $5,000. So I'm actually able to charge really good prices that clients like. It's just a matter of sort of getting the word out. I want to see what works and what I enjoy the most. I ended up not liking litigation so much. I want to help other people avoid it. So I part of my pitch is litigation avoidance and problem avoidance instead of waiting till you have a big legal issue to hire a lawyer. Right. And how are you reaching out to prospective clients? Chamber of Commerce events. I did some advertising on Nextdoor. It's only $3 a day. So it's actually one of the more affordable options than trying to compete with Google. I, I have sponsored some like local events, like some like fundraiser events. I've gotten my logo and contact information on some things. 
uh, you know, it's really hard to attend in-person stuff. I'm doing a lot of Zoom networking for like freelancer groups. Actually, freelancers are kind of a sweet spot for me if I can get them as clients. And really just, you know, using the meetup app and trying to attend some, some virtual and in-person meetups. So your marketing is as focused as your practice. Yeah, yeah um, pretty much. Let's work on this a little bit. Are you barred only in Illinois? Unfortunately, yes. I've got my okay. fingers crossed for uh, multi-jurisdictional transactional practice to be uh, allowed with the new uh, hopeful re-regulation of the, uh, the ABA model rules, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you then. If Illinois tomorrow passed a new regulation that said it would be under attorney competence, under Rule 1, that said, it is, we, we, we find that it's no longer possible in this day and age for an attorney to be competent in multiple practice areas. Therefore, it is the new rule of the Illinois State Bar that every attorney must practice in one practice area only. Which one would you choose? Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to know how to define it. I'd have to go with business transactions because it, it, or just uh, co- contracts law because it incorporates a lot. I also do real estate and actually that is starting to slow up a little bit in light of the market conditions. But if I could pick contract law, I would just pick contract law. Actually, then I can still represent clients on their, you know, whatever contract it might be, real estate, business related. Nice try. So business transactions it is. Okay. And, and it's an important exercise to do because I appreciate, listen, I, I still vividly remember the day I stopped my salary and hung out my shingle for the first time. And that temptation to like, well, let me, let me just see what the, where the business is and like, I'll get referrals and we'll just see what happens. And I wasted a good amount of time because when you put that message out into the universe, the universe will respond in kind and will respond with a disorganized smattering of different things and you will not be known for anything. I love subscription business as a starting point. Like I think, I think that's creative. Uh, I think it's not enough, but it's a good start. You know, attorney subscription, general counsel subscription, consigliere, you know, there are ways to narrow down your focus and it is counterintuitive, but I promise you, no matter what you narrow it down to, as long as there's you know people out there that actually consume it, you know, like cat contract law, maybe not, but you know, the more you narrow it down and, and declare what you're going to do, the more not less business that you'll get. By training, I am a product marketer, so I know that it is it is important to do what you're doing in the sense like to let the market tell you what it needs and what it wants. But when you you know you're you're trying to be Procter and Gamble and going like I've got you know household products, and the market won't tell you anything. You've got to try dish soap or vacuum cleaners, right? You, you've got to you, you, if you're going to go out to the market and have the market talk back to you, you've got to give the market a clear question. And you're not doing that right now. And your you know, your marketing efforts are all over the place. Your practice areas are all over the place and you're, 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 you think you're going to learn something, but what you're going to do is you're going to be learning from random events, from noise, not signal. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think it does. And like what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to attack a blue ocean of unserved market though. And like my, my elevator pitch, maybe I should have started with that is. Let's say let's. 
Yeah. Well, like, like when I'm, when I'm in a room of like people, I'll be like, I'm, I'm fractionalized in-house counsel for small business owners, freelancers, and everyday people. Cause you know, the subscription thing, it's like, it's fractionalized. Like you're paying an employee, but not a full and full-time employee. So is fractional in-house counsel for small business owners, freelancers, and everyday people. My subscription started $20 a month. Why freelancers? With the growing gig economy, there's more and more freelancers that are people who are leaving their jobs to, whether it's freelance or work for themselves, like a single member LLC. I see that as a growing market to potentially serve, and they simply can't afford the billable hour. And so my freelancer package starts at $299.99 or $300 a month, and that includes unlimited communications and three contracts. And for freelancers, they tend to be using similar or the same contracts that meets that, that they're just customizing on their own from client to client. And with me, it's affordable. They, can, they don't have to just use a template that they got off the internet. And so with that, I hope to keep them happy. And it's a vo- it would be a volume-based business instead of a uh, get a really big fish type business. What is your upsell for them? Like if, they, if a freelancer is doing well, what, how can they go up in your, in your ecosphere? Yes. So if they need a fourth contract, then it's $50 a page. And that doesn't include me negotiating on their behalf. So that's assuming they're self-negotiating. So I'm trying to do an a la carte thing to make it more affordable for them. But if they want me to negotiate for them, that's going to be another 200 a month. So I have subscription add-ons that Good. they have access to. And that's yeah, get rid of that extra $50 a page. Like just the subscription, like think about it. Like if you've subscribed to anything, QuickBooks doesn't let you subscribe to QuickBooks Basic and then $10 a, a, a chart of accounts after that. It's no, if you, if you reach this level, then you have to go to the next level. Right. Although the next level is a thousand dollars a month, and that's Great. assuming ten contracts. Yeah, so that's that's good. So that's just yeah. Try to get away from the the things that start to smell like billing by the hour, like another two contracts. Right, just you have your levels. Just have your levels. If they need your upper level, that means they're doing well enough to afford the upper level, to make it valuable enough for them. Okay, great answer on freelancers. We're going to come back to freelancers in a minute. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Find out how TimeSolve fits your firm. With six different ways to track time, surely one will fit, even on the go. Or quickly estimate flat fee projects. Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft, all just plug in. Try TimeSolve free. Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. TimeSolve.com. So let me ask, why small business owners? 
in part because I have a client who uh, is a small business owner and owns some franchises. And he was, the, if it wasn't for him, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have been able to leave to start my own practice. That was the one client I needed to be able to afford to leave and watch my own practice. So I had to develop it kind of around his needs and I'm just advertising on my website, make it available to other potential clients. Okay. That was a terrible answer. I get the answer and it, it makes <laughs> sense. And, and listen, my, my, my practice also got kicked off by something I didn't want to do, but it, it paid the bills for a few months and that was great. Why regular people? Would you say regular people or everyday people? Yeah. Everyday people, everyday people. That is because that's the most massive market opportunity that there is. You know, it's, it's all about the volume. The reason I pick $20 a month or $19.99 is because I want to compete. I want them to think about the opportunity cost of, do I want to be able to watch another streaming service or be able to say when I'm in a dispute or potential dispute with someone, you know, I'm going to call my lawyer. I'm going to contact my lawyer and get back to you. And it's, it's uh, the people that sign up, love it. But the people that don't get it, just don't get it. And because there's never been anything like that that's really been offered, I have to educate the market as I'm trying to serve it, which is very difficult and expensive. And I know probably what you're going to say in response to it. What do you think I'm going to say? Uh, it's probably financially not worth it, but I'm also trying, I somebody's got to do it. And if, if, uh, if I could make the firm float long yeah, enough. But dude, you talked, you, you said some magic words earlier. You said blue ocean. No, it ain't. That's a red, blood red, thick, curdled, stinky red ocean with with like body parts floating in it. That is the opposite. Zoom's just one of the one you know. Like there's, but you could probably you could probably name three or four. I can, I, you know, just my radio show. So I'm not advertising free for anybody. But yeah, that's wanting to get in the restaurant business and saying I'm going to do you know burgers for a buck fifty. You, you can do it. And you're right. It is a volume business. And can can you do it? Yeah. I think there's there's definitely an opportunity out there to do it. But it's a different, completely different um, opportunity than the other two. And when you, like, you know, since you use the words blue ocean, I'm going to bring in Shark Tank to this, right? You get kicked out of the tank by bringing in the, it's the largest market. Like the, the investor, like they always, they, they, kill people who come and go like it's a huge market so i only need a small percent like no that's not how it works the one you've got passion behind is this freelancer stuff in a sense it really i mean it's it dovetails with what you're doing right you're, you're the gig lawyer for the gig economy you can use that i'm you know what you've got you've got an hour to get that url or i'm taking it or something like that. But, you know, there's, there's like subscription attorney, like I said, it's a good start, but it doesn't tell any of the story. It, it tells a little bit of the story. In fact, it perks my ear up because most people don't think of attorneys that way. So that's cool. But how much cooler could it be if you could speak the language of the clients that you're actually enticing? You can build a, a whole escalation program. You can really build an entire ecosystem for your gig freelancers where you know you could act, you, you could probably can imagine having some ancillary services for them. Uh, you can become their go-to guy for everything they need, business and legal. I think there's a huge opportunity for you to position yourself in that way because I haven't seen anybody doing it. That's a blue ocean, and if you will narrow yourself to that, the mark I pro I can't promise you. I strongly feel the market will respond in kind. 
you know, get your marketing wrapped around that. When you're going to things, like you can focus now on what things you go to. Where are gig people going? I don't want to tell you things you already know, but like they're like I I hired one of my Uber drivers, became my driver. And I learned so much that I had no idea that goes on around. Like there's there's a whole industry around Uber. There's people who sell them cars, there's people who sell them insurance, there's people who sell them like cleaning services, there's people who sell them tires. I mean, everything. Like there's a whole world that revolves around Uber and Lyft and, and and these guys. And and like I had no idea, but they all need lawyers because they all get into disputes with one another and they all get into disputes with Uber. And like, and you know, having one guy who really gets to know the ins and outs of how these these gig companies, whether it be Uber, Uber, or whether it be um DoorDash. Okay. Yeah, great. Uber Eats, yeah, but DoorDash or or Gus uh I was trying to think of the uh, like Fiverr or you know, all of these getting to know how these companies work and how they abuse their their the people that work for them and how you can represent those people or you know how they're the end users or disputes they get into with end users is more than contract review. You can be like the everything to this small niche market, which isn't a niche. I mean, it's not so small anymore, and that's like that. I see explosive growth in that concept. But you have to commit to it or it won't commit to you. Mm-hmm. It's scary, but it's true. And that doesn't mean, by the way, people always hear like things I don't say. And I'm not saying you're hearing it, but people hear like, oh, I have to turn away my small business work. I have to t- turn away. No, you don't. You know, that guy that, that helped you start your business, you can keep doing stuff for him and he may refer you some business. You don't have to turn a lick of it away. But your marketing message needs to be focused. And then what will happen is your the way you work, how you work, and you like you said, you're going to add people to your team eventually. What they do, having that streamlined so you're doing similar things, so you can systematize them, is the key to you growing this into something that could actually be, to use your your words again, an income replacer. Scattering across twenty practice areas, estate planning included, is just making sure that you know every day will be exciting. That's for sure, because you're doing something new every day, but you got to learn something new every day, which, by the way, I'm not hiring you for my estate planning lawyer. Yeah, no, these are people, I mean, my estate plan, my simple estate plan is $400. I do it in a half hour with them over the phone using document automation. So I'm yeah. actually like making more per hour, you know, for these. And these are people who they can't afford to spend a thousand plus on an estate plan. Two, three years from now, there's going to be a firm. There's going to be an H&R block of estate planning that's going after that. I'm working um, with uh, with them. There's like trustandwills.com. I'm yeah. I'm in the process of working with Freewill. I'm I'm trying to get associated with them too. And uh, hello prenup. I do prenups too. If you can believe yeah. it, probably you can because I of can. general practice. But so but you know so now you're becoming now you're becoming a cog in somebody else's machine. And I think if you want to do estate planning on the consumer on that low consumer level, I think there's a huge opportunity. You could be the next H&R block. Don't go work for them. But you can't be the new H&R Block and the new gig economy lawyer and the new prenup lawyer and the new – like you pick one. Listen, once you get one going, you can pick another one. Like you can use the business you build to leverage and build the next one and the next one and the next one. No question. I'm not saying you have to do one thing the rest of your life. But to get one of them really off the ground, you've got to give it the focus that you are asking it to give you. 
because that's the way the universe works. Like you, 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 you focus, it'll focus back. You focus your efforts, it'll focus the results. And then you can leverage that. But, you know, I hate to see you, you know, talking about, yeah, well, there's these other platforms under which I can operate. Yeah, you know what? You can. You can, you know, Zoom and Avo refer people too. But that's not your business. That's that's you working for somebody else. That's what you just made a decision to not do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I did just sort of lucked into being the moderator of a freelancer group on, on the Meetup app. And so what you're saying, actually, the timing of it, sort of makes a lot of sense for me to um to focus in on that and look at that and it's mostly chicago area freelancers and the group is like 400 something people so that's amazing yeah yeah i, th- I think i've got to just uh I, I i probably should just focus the marketing time that i've been spending using the shotgun approach on like that group yeah you become everywhere to them you're the guy and they will bring you other stuff you know what because freelancers a lot of them are doing other things. That's why they're freelancers. So if one of them starts their own small business, they're going to come to you. And if one of them, you know, you can you can always offer other stuff inside the group. But to the world, you're the gig lawyer for the gig economy. I'm telling you, you got 48 more minutes for that. <laughs> I have so many domains already. <laughs> You have so many domains, yet you're you're sitting here on a call with other lawyers who might refer you business. You are networking right now. Every lawyer on here could probably send you some business, but they have no idea, other than our conversation, what you do or what kind of business to send you. Your your elevator pitch is actually not bad. It's just still too scattered. You know, you want you. It should repel nine times the number of people that it attracts. Your your elevator pitch is to tell people who you're not. So what Chris speaks about is 100% true. So I'm still a little confused at what subscription attorney means. All my all my prices are on transparent subscriptions. So you know what you're paying and what you're getting. Yeah, yeah but that's how I pay you. I don't know what you do. Right. And that's, and that's I know, the problem. I, know. I do everything. Yeah. I do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. You're selling a feature. You're, you're talking about a feature in your firm name. And, you know, that's not what people buy. People don't buy features. They buy solutions they buy you know everybody in the whole world the only thing they actually ever buy is a better life um i don't care if you're buying a hamburger or a porsche or a ticket on the subway you're buying a better life because a ticket on the subway is better than walking but they're not buying you know quiet wheels llc it's a great feature i think it's something you can lead with in your marketing it could even be part of your name but yeah everything about you needs to tell people what you don't do and then, and a little bit about what you do. I know I'm I've beaten this horse to death. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. And I think it tells people I don't bill by the hour. Yeah, that that's not very much, though. Yeah, I know it's not. It's still very broad, and it's. Uh, I'm leaning into people thinking what they know an attorney does, which is something that might, you know, that might be a solution that they're looking for, but it is pretty broad. Yeah. And yeah, and, and like most people aren't walking around going like, wow, if I could only find an attorney that doesn't bill by the hour, because it's just outside their, their, their conscience. You know, nobody wants to pay by the hour for anything, but people do, but it's outside their conscience. But so if you can make it part of the message, but the first part of the message has to be, I'm for you and not for anybody else. I'm for you. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm the guy you should be talking to freelancer, you know, or, you know, you could narrow it down more Uber driver, like whatever. Like, I think it's fine to probably start with gig workers. Um, but you know, I'm for you. I, I'm living this every day 
And listen, I'm a gig worker too, because I do this by prescription or sub prescription, subscription. And, you know, I, I do it differently. You work differently. We both work differently. Ain't, ain't that cool? Maybe we can work together. That's sort of what I'm, where I'm coming from. I think you're like, you're really on the way. I'm going to definitely take, take on, I'm going to, I want to follow you. I hope you come back to the show and I keep asking, like, come up with new questions. Cause I, like you said, you're processing, I dumped a lot of shit on you. This is, this is a podcast so we can say shit. I want you, I'd love you to come back and you know, to, to let us all know how it's going and what you're stumbling on. Okay. I think this, this could be a really good thing. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll definitely get it on my calendar to come back with, uh, with some, uh, progress reports and some more questions. That's for sure. Awesome. awesome. It's hard to remember when it's the third Thursday at three uh, or for you at two. So that makes it tougher. Cause if you're in Chicago, it's the third Thursday at two, but yeah, so thanks for your extra questions and thanks for being a sport. If you, if you take at least one of these things and run with it, it'll help. I hope. Thanks so much, Christopher. I really appreciate it. I externed in law school for a really tough judge that only showed you tough love. And so, uh, I'm, I can take it. Uh, Good. so thank you. Nearly 80% of people search for lawyers online. They visit websites and check reviews. If your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly, you risk losing clients. That's why you must know how your firm stacks up on Google against the competition. See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at Grow Law Firm. And that's growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Once again, growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Law Clerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with the project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. Our final segment addresses what steps need to occur after an employee has been fired. I just wanted to report I let an attorney go happily just like an hour ago. So... And now the fallout, right? Always. Always. So the good news is that we had a plan in place prior to everything was kind of locked and loaded. I call it push the red button, right? All the things that need to be done after you let someone of that importance go, someone who's, you know, integrated with cases and clients. So I don't know if I actually really have a question other than do you have a specific priority order in which to tackle the fallout? I mean, as an example, I already sent the letter out to the client. I'm scheduling one-on-one phone calls with everyone on that client list between today and Monday. Certain urgent clients, I have calls with them this evening. So I think that's a good, those are good things to do for, for client management. Obviously there's, um, you know, I have an entire checklist for offboarding someone from the business, you know, getting them out of the systems. We know, already did all that. You know, There's one button we push. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. Let me just ask you. I mean, so yeah, I think that, that, you know, hitting the clients, obviously every state's got a different take on what the communication to the clients needs to be. So you just have to go by your state's rules, but reaching out to them and, and making sure they're managed. And you're going to find even more reasons why this was a great move 
um, as you talk to the clients. You're going to find out more stuff than you thought you knew. Let me just ask you, though, I kind of think it's really important uh, for everybody to hear. What was your first emotion once you finished terminating? Relief. I mean, yeah. it's it's been a long time coming, and for various stupid reasons, I postponed it. I shouldn't say stupid. I had a health issue. I just couldn't deal with the stress, and I needed a little more time to I mean, I mean, I mean, weeks, it wasn't months, right. right? Just to get everything in order in preparation for, but it was relief. And then, you know, I don't, I didn't really give it a second thought after that, except in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait for the other shoe to drop. Cause the response I've had all sorts of responses over the years after I terminate somebody. And this one was very underwhelming. I was all ready for like some outburst, some reaction, some something. And it was literally just Okay. Yeah. I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's all I get. <laughs> I think in, in many circumstances, particularly where you put it off a little bit for whatever reasons, they knew it was coming. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. She sounded a little like shocked, which was shocking to me. Mm. Like the okay was like, okay. Like, okay. I don't know. It was weird. So listen, I don't, I don't for one minute believe this is the end of it, but for now it is for today. Yeah. It is. I think though, when the primary emotion that comes out is relief, you that, that's a clear sign to me that it was, you know, it was a good move for the business and a good move for you. And probably a good move for that, you know, for the individual because, you know, they it wasn't working. It wasn't working for you, it wasn't working for for them. And and you both now can move forward to, you know, the next chapter where where you can you can put someone in that seat that makes more sense for your business and they can go find a business that makes more sense for them. Yeah. And I told her it wasn't personal. I even offered her up a recruiter that I know because, you know, everyone in my area is looking to hire and, you know, there's, there's just a better place for her than here. Yep. So, but that yeah. leaves me with a handful of cases. Uh-huh. So in the meantime, I guess I'm just going to, um, you know, I have my, I still have some attorneys. They're a little bit at capacity, but I'm going to try to, you know, push some off. And in the, in the meantime, if I have to handle them, I handle them. What else, what else is there to do? Yeah. And I mean, I think you're, you're doing the right thing to talk to every single client. I think that's so, so important. So many people, you know, just send the letter out and hope the clients come back to you. But like digging and finding out what you didn't know will really help you to address all the client's needs. I'd also talk to your team. I guess that's the one thing you didn't mention. I posted in Teams and then said, well, I can't say much, but we could, I could at least listen to them if they have any questions. Right. And that's, that's why I would want to listen to them. And also, for two reasons. One, to hear anything else that you need to hear, but also to listen for the team member who tells you, oh, I'm so glad you did that. It was so horrible, but who hadn't talked to you before to, to be able to coach them into like, listen, you know, it's important for you to express concerns you have because otherwise you're really disrespecting the, the, the workplace that, that you're a part of. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're disrespecting your own home by not raising an issue. Um, And I think it's a real opportunity to have that conversation as well. Now the hard work begins. Indeed. Thank you for listening. This has been the Unbillable Hour Community Table on the Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology. 
allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.